Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga Hangout. <laughs> For some reason, I hit the wrong screen. I don't know who Donovan was, but it's not him anymore. <laughs> I'm being joined today by Chris. How you doing, man? Good, good. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, man. I love this uh, segment or this feature every week. Yeah, I'm, uh, I just jumped out of the shower. Uh, we had a hell of a morning over here. We've Like all winter long, we've had these mice living in this shed that's attached to our home. And so uh, today, it's like a beautiful day outside. I decided it was a perfect time to get it all cleaned out, get all that yeah, definitely. mouse poop out and everything. And now I feel like I'm just like covered, like pig pen from peanuts, <laughs> but it's all just like mouse poop and stuff. So I jumped in the shower real quick. Thank you all so much for joining us. And uh, whoo, <laughs> I'm still like, there's like diseases you can get from inhaling mouse poop. And I'm That's like, true. in my head, I'm thinking, how many of them did I get? <laughs> like, just by, like I was wearing a mask and, but still, ugh, gross. You got to do the old uh, 1800 solution. Get a few cats, just let them go nuts in there. Oh, you know, well, the cats around here don't <laughs> seem to do a very good job. So we have like tons of like, do you, have you ever dealt with mice? Um, we, yeah, we, we actually had one under like a, a shed and then, um, we had a guy who had to like put like traps with peanut butter oh, really? and I was like, it's 2022. Like, is this really the best? <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, you know, like, uh, you know, radar or something, sonar just, yeah. you know, get about, I don't know what I was expecting, but apparently they still use, uh, old fashioned traps with peanut butter. Who knew? <laughs> I'm in the lookout for like an Irishman with a wizard, like a flute. So if anyone knows any, <laughs> like hook a brother up. All right. So how was your week? Did you have a good week? Yeah, definitely. It was, um, you think yeah, fun? I mean, it was definitely fun. Um, I got to see Dungeons and Dragons, uh, yeah. which I got to talk to you about uh, last weekend, which was, which was awesome. Nope. Uh, it's still not doing great in the theater. I just lost your audio. Can you hear me? Oh, oh no, you're I back. Nope. You're gone again. <laughs> what? Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, okay. For the moment. Uh, and it's gone again. <laughs> what is... Oh my gosh. Oh, no. I got. I don't know. Is it voice activated? Is that why? You have to start talking for it to work? Uh, I'm using the headphones. I was hoping that would help. But um, can you hear me okay now? Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Yeah. So... <laughs> Cut out. Oh, Every time you start thing. talking... <laughs> It cuts out. Uh, I tried to up the. Uh... You would think technology nowadays. That... Yeah, I got you. Maybe. No, I don't got you. You think it would be easier, but it's not. There's still just as many mess ups as if it was 2000. It's crazy. I think I can hear you clicking. Can you talk? Yeah, I can hear. I hear ambient sounds from you. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Is I would any better? Yeah, I got you now. Hopefully it stays. I can hear you breathing, so it's got to be working. Can you hear me? Usually I get on early. Okay, well, I don't know what's going on now. Uh, and we just test out technology and stuff to make sure things are working. Um, but because of the mouse poop fiasco at my house, I can hear you if you can hear me. And if you can't hear me, then we're both in trouble. So anyway, while you're working on the technology stuff, let me uh, thank the members of this channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by using the link in the description below. And always remind you, you can pick up Dragon's Gaming materials by using my affiliate links. 
So as soon as uh, you get your side, uh, start, like if you can hear me and stuff, go ahead and start talking and we'll, we'll start chiming in and stuff. But yeah, this past week has been pretty hectic for me. I have uh, my wife's birthday, which happened. And that's like a nightmare in and of itself. Um, and not a nightmare because, you know, you want to celebrate your wife and stuff. And, you know, ideally she's going to want to do something fun. But my wife didn't want to do anything. Literally did not want to do anything. I think part of it's we're just getting older. And part of it is she just doesn't really see birthdays as special. But it's like the day. It's the day for you, you know what I mean? So I was hoping that uh, it looks like he's going to be calling me back here in just a second. So I was hoping it was going to be nice. I could take her out to dinner, you know, maybe spend a little bit of time with her and the family. But it ended up with just her wanting to, uh, oh, see, I didn't even have time to like <laughs> have my screen fixed. Uh, just wanting to sit around the house. She didn't want a cake. Normally I make her a birthday cake. This time she just wanted brownies. And so I made her some birthday brownies and like stacked them up as if it were a cake and put all the candles in it for her to blow out and stuff but like what do you guys do like after you get over that 44 45 year hump do birthdays have any meaning to you anymore i got like this floating hair in here um is it like what do you guys like to do for your birthday i'm curious because i like to be left alone as well but for the sake of the family you know i want to do like a nice dinner and birthday cake and do the happy birthday song and stuff like that so i don't know it, it birthdays and anniversaries and stuff after like i've been married for well over 25 years so like it's just another day at some point you know what i mean <laughs> like and birthdays after 18 then 21 who cares so let's see if this one works this time. wow that is a loud skype sound how you doing you there can you hear me okay now yeah all right i'm sorry about that hey technology what are you gonna do Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am getting an echo. Like, I can hear myself. Uh, let's see what we can do with that. Let's see. Never, ever. Never. All right, so I when... Still, okay. Yeah, I'm getting the... Test, still test, an test, echo? test, test. Yep. Still? Yeah. yeah. Are there two... Are there multiple mics that are turned on? No, there's yeah. not. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, when my wife said she didn't want any birthday present at all for her birthday this past year, or this past week, and that's a lie. Don't ever, ever, ever listen to anyone that says they don't want a present because when you don't give them a present, they're going to be hurt, like emotionally distraught, which makes no sense because they're the ones that said it, right? But always get the present. Um, and so I thought, you know, I'd get her something that would help. We're going to be going down to Mexico here in a couple weeks, spend some time in um, Cabo and have uh, hopefully a, a beautiful time, except like uh, we're, we're going to go with some friends and stuff. And it's going to be like a big like to do. You know, we've never been there before. We're going to see a bunch of Mayan ruins and stuff. And we're going to do like 90 minute jungle zip lines and stuff like that, which should be a blast. Assuming everything works properly. Uh, and then... I get her a present, like I'm thinking like those new AirPods so that she can enjoy, the, like the flight, you know, without having to have a cord or anything. That would be a nice gift. Yeah. But the whole time, like after she like unboxed them and thanked me and everything, she was just trying to get them to work in different, like fantastical ways that they're supposed to be able to work. And so it was, it was like a job instead of a present for her, which is kind of messed up. So I, I just yeah. felt terrible. Is the weather over there doing good? 
Yeah, it's been a little up and down. Like right now, it's uh, like 70 degrees, oh, but yeah. it was like down to 40 and then up to 80 and stuff like that. So it's been a little bit back and forth. You guys still have snow on the ground by you? Not where I am. I'm in the valley. Okay. Up in the mountains, there's a lot of snow still, like tons. But down here, it's 70 degrees out, which is why I wanted to get out and you know work on the yard a little bit and stuff. Yeah. And it was nice. I mean, I enjoyed it, and I, I want to go back out there. I wish I could take my whole computer <laughs> and just set it outside, and that'd be great. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing one of these, like sitting on a deck, enjoying a glass of wine with the breeze and the dogs and the chickens and stuff, but I wouldn't be able to have a guest if I did that. And so I figure I'll just, I'll do that for another time when, when I don't have to worry about stuff. All right, so um, the bookmarks are here, and I think maybe next week is going to be the, the mailing, mail time unboxing of the bookmarks, but they look pretty dope. I oh, that's cool. I'll grab one here. But I'm having problems. Like, I used to have this uh, whole uh, website and stuff. Uh, hey, C. Davis, thanks for tuning in. David, how you doing? Thanks for joining live. You were in Ohio yesterday, and your face got burnt. Yeah, man, spring is coming. I love it so much. Oh, I love Spring and sure. fall are my two favorites. Do you have favorite seasons? Um, my son loves winter because he loves, um, you know, sled. Oh, just cut out. Get any. Yeah, your audio is cutting out, man. Ah, jeez. I don't okay. get it. Does your camera just have a built-in mic that we could just use? Uh, I can't hear. You might have to select that microphone in Skype to get it to work. Okay. And hopefully that'll, that'll resolve the problem. 75 out there. Central Pennsylvania, is that PA? <laughs> I remember my state codes, I swear. Um, 75. God, I bet all your flowers are blooming. Oh, man, I love spring. I love working on the yard. We have, like, flower beds all around our property and grapevines all over and just starting our garden and stuff. My hops, uh, I make beer, and so I grow my own hops, uh, um, Sterling and Cascade, and they're both coming up, like, with a fury. Just coming. Our asparagus is already sprouting up tall enough that we could cut it off and just cook it up and eat it. I mean, and it's barely even into the season. So I'm super stoked. Well, hopefully he comes back here in a minute. Um, but yeah, the bookmarks look pretty good. Uh, I'm having a problem getting my uh, credit card processing connected properly with my website, which is really frustrating because I used to do this all the time. Like it was just a normal thing. I had like a whole website store and it ran perfectly for international orders and everything. And now for some reason, and maybe it's because it's the same account that I'm using for PayPal to process everything. Maybe that's why it's giving me a headache, but it's a nightmare, man. Oriole Pio. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's supposed to be spring in the Netherlands, but feels like autumn. That's not too bad, though. I mean, they're pretty, pretty close, right? Thanks for tuning in live, by the way. Um, grass needs cut also. <laughs> it went barely no grass and within a week already, almost three inches high. Yeah, man, I have my grass and my lawnmower set on the highest setting all the time, and I never bag my grass. I always mulch. This is super exciting for people who don't have yards. <laughs> like, but uh, I love like mulching it down and have a nice thick layer of grass because then when the when my chickens go like crawling through it, it, it looks like they're sort of like um, like T Rexes going through like some primordial uh, you know like field or something. Like you, you just see their heads and their chests bobbing up and down as they're scratching for bugs and stuff. And I have a little Shih Tzu dog. I have a, a wolf hybrid too, but my little Shih Tzu is so small. She has to like leap through the grass. It's hilarious. And I just love it. It's wonderful. But uh, yeah, chickens, they 
come from T-Rex. So they're little bastards. And they eat the mice too, which is great. I, like I've never seen, like I, before I owned chickens, I never knew that they, I assumed they ate everything, right? But they literally eat everything. <laughs> I mean, like, like mice. I and mean, they're like seeing like whole packs of chickens running around the yard after one single chicken with a mouse in its beak. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. No problem. So you were talking so about your son loving winter. Yeah. And we didn't get a single inch of snow this year. So it was like nothing at all. So uh, I promised them there's an indoor uh, ski place in New Jersey at this mall. So I, I promised them we'll go there because it's just, you know, literally nothing. My dad had. Um, so you just cut out again. What, I can hear you now. What's the, uh, what state are you in? Man, this thing is cutting out. <laughs> just frustrating. Last time we were having a problem with the internet connect connectivity. Now it's audio connectivity. I don't get it. Okay, so um, let's let's get into uh, Shadow the Dragon Queen because I've been uh, you've watched a couple of them, I think, uh, or at least parts of some of them, and I've been running it for a while. What do you think of the campaign thus far? Like not not our campaign, but just the game itself, the adventure. I'm it's cutting. Oh man, this is not gonna work. I can't even get you to. I, it's it's weird that it just like stops working after a little bit. Because I can hear you start talking and then just silence. I'm trying some stuff. Okay. I'm, I'm trying some settings out. Okay. So, um, for me, and let me know in the chat if you guys are watching the Shadow of the Dragon Queen. What do you guys think of that campaign? Whether it's the one that I'm running or someone else. What do you think of that adventure? Um, I'm having some like problems with it. it it sort of rushes past so many moments that should be impactful to sort of drive the characters to get new levels and go explore new things that i feel like it's it's seriously missing out on some potentially really emotional moments that you could celebrate you know i mean the idea that you go from the entire city council being murdered in the last episode spoiler alert if you haven't watched it um by Caradoc and Lord Soth, and then immediately you're supposed to just leave the city and go up north without ever dealing with the fallout from Calaman. Like, I feel like there should be moments in there, like interactions between Marshall Vendry and Derek Highwater and, or Hightower, and there should be more emotionally driven character interactions that you're prompted with in order not to feel like you're just constantly running through this maze of just hack and slash. It's really crazy. Hey, Shy, thanks for tuning in live. Yeah, it does feel a tad rushed, and it's, it sort of bothers me. And I don't know if it's the mechanics of 5th edition, or if it's just how they put adventures together, and they just hope that DMs will sort of tamper it down and go at their own game's pace. But they don't even give you any suggestions. They just sort of set up the situation and then move on. And then I ran into a problem where... If you're playing with the Warriors of Kryn board game, um, they s skip from session four saying, hey, if you're going to go to Steel Springs, play session four of Warriors of Kryn for that. If you don't have the board game, just run through this adventure in this little part. And then on the next chapter, it skips to seven. So session five and six of Warriors of Kryn board game aren't even mentioned in the game at all in the adventure. So you have to figure out when to sort of fit them in if you want to run them at all. 
And the problem with it is if you don't run all of the Warriors of Kryn game sessions back to back, all the little mini adventures, then you're missing out on medals and awards of equipment and stuff like that that are going to be necessary for later sessions. And it's this crazy madness of, of just like, rush and get everything doing really quick. And Okay, that works fine. All right, Desert, thanks for tuning in live. Good to see you. He's going to be back here in just a second, and uh, we'll see if we can get it working for you all. So the the pacing of the adventure is is wildly all over. It's just like, you know, a mad dash to get through it almost. And then you start bringing in character interactions. And as a DM, I, I think it's really important not just to do the hack and slash, but to do the character development bits as well. And I've got, I've literally got like eight people. All right, it says it's reconnecting here. I've got eight people in my game that all can't join at one time. So I'll, at any one time, I'll always have at least four players. That's my goal anyway. So I can continue playing the adventure. But with eight different players that pop in and out at random times, and I'm only playing it twice a month, every other week. I still can't have like consistent, you know, people showing up consistently and, and always, you know, being there and being ready and stuff. As a DM, trying to include NPC interactions and player involvement and backstory and development and growth and interaction, it's a damn nightmare. It's just impossible. And I never thought, and maybe this is why I stopped running games 20 years ago. Because I never thought it would be this big of a pain in the ass just to have... Oh, man, that is so loud. Hey, hey, hey. Is that any better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's infinitely better. All right. Let me uh, All right. work on the aspect oh, ratio here. Well, you know, yeah, we're just going to have to live with that because I, I can't... Uh... You need the widescreen for me. Yeah. Well, you'll do fine with this because it doesn't let me get any wider unless I zoom in on you. So, It's sad that I'm becoming famous for this. I apologize. Colin, Colin's famous for bad roles. I'm famous for this. It's upsetting. <laughs> for for, for uh, <laughs> inconsistent connections. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Dio has never neglected for so long, and now we have reasons to complain. It's a double-edged sword, honestly. That's a great point, Shy. Like, it's been like a decade since we have like really had a good Dragonlance experience of anything. It was novels then. And uh, now that we actually have the fifth edition adventure and if you're running through it, I mean, now you get to complain and, and sort of celebrate Dragonlance as well. And it's frustrating when you, you have players who just don't know who some of these characters are. So in my head, I'm geeking out when I run across Trap Springer or I run across, um, uh, uh what's that sloth so uh and yeah. this last one Soft. that was awesome I mean, shit just some really great characters and moments and other characters don't other players just don't really connect with it because they just don't know Dragonlance like i do um or maybe as obsessively as i do anyway some of them and so you know it, it is a little bit like i, I kind of wish i was playing so i could sort of geek out but then i have to run it and like this last week's session I thought we were going to blow through um, that whole Caradoc and Lord Soth situation really fast. And so I had planned out what 
is probably like three different sessions in the future just to make sure I had enough time if they wanted to do X, Y, or Z that I would yeah. be prepared for it. And we never even got past those two adventures. We, it was like perfect timing. Like at the four hour mark, which is my limit, um, we, we finished that little tail end part. And so I was just like, all right, well. And I, I didn't feel like they went off on any like tangents. It just didn't. the way. It just like the way the roles worked. It just took longer than than you expected. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I think the players did great. I think the players are always yeah. doing great. It's just that uh, you never know how quickly an encounter is going to go, or how yeah, long sure. it's going to take them to explore a specific area, or how long they want to interact with each other or the NPCs. You know, and so y you just don't know as a DM. So you right. have to plan in advance just in case. And then my mind is filled with all the stuff that I'm expecting them to get to, and we never yeah. do. <laughs> so I'm just like, fuck, yeah. going crazy. And then next time you have to like re-memorize it again, right? So that's yeah. that. Yeah, being a DM is tough, and I, especially when running the channel and running the stream, and and oh. then the roll twenty aspect. Yeah, I give you credit. That's a lot of you know, different aspects to take care of at, at one time. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a pain in the ass to be honest. Yeah, serious pain in the ass. Sometimes I, I I don't know if I should do it anymore because it's that big of a pain in the tuchus. Um But are you enjoying the the adventure? Definitely. I thought like this uh, this last one was cool because even though I enjoyed uh, Derek as a Kender, mm -hmm. I thought anytime a character dies in Five E, first of all, it seems very rare. It seems like everyone is overpowered. Every time there's an attack on them, there's a reaction. There's a you know, this halves the damage, this blocks it entirely. It seems very tough to have anyone die, but yet in the last few sessions, you've had a few characters die, which I think is good. It adds to the, um, you know, the stakes and the consequences that are inherent to a good epic story. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it. And this last one felt very Dragonlancey. That's not a word, but um, it just, no. I, think, <laughs> I think the fact that Soth was involved, they did a dungeon crawl. You know, which is like old school yeah. D and D to me. Um, I really love. Yeah, I think every episode's getting better. I thought Colin was a great addition, mm -hmm. and um, uh, uh, Jarek Janik. I'm sorry, Janik, she yeah. was doing great. Yeah, she's a great addition to it, also. Yeah, her name is Dana, and I I played yeah. with her like 20 years ago, not not that long ago. It was like 15 years ago or something like that. It was a very long time ago, anyway. And uh, we we played um, Star Wars role playing game a lot together. And we played uh, third edition D and D and fourth edition D and D, just like generic places. I don't think I've ever played Dragonlance either before. But she's a great player. She knows her character. She knows the rules, and so she's you know she'll just fly through stuff. Whereas it does seem like every other player that I'm playing with, myself included, aren't a hundred percent on all the rules. And so there's a lot of does this work? Is this right? Is that wrong? And there's a lot of like back and forth, which drags the pacing of the game down. And if you're watching it, it just becomes frustrating because you're like, no, this is the rule. Just go forward. Just make shit up. And then when I do make stuff up on the fly and if the players don't like it, then there's arguing back and forth. And it gets to a point where sometimes I just want to smack someone across the face, you know, and just like get the fuck out of my game. Like I'm done. I'm tired of this. But then you got to realize that it's a back and forth. I'm as annoying to them at times as they may be to me in any given moment. So if you want to have fun, you just got to check your ego and just say, okay, we're going to run yeah. through it and we're going to have some fun. But I think that's inherent with 5e. There's just so many rules. I mean, you get so many multiple attacks, reactions, counter moves. I don't know all the terms, but yeah. 
Um, it just seems like 5e is just, yeah, very, very time consuming for the the actual, um, you know, fighting aspect, the actual combat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's re it reminds me a lot of 4th fourth edition D&D as well where it, it's not as technical as fourth edition because fourth edition is much more of a tactical game than it is a role-playing game in my opinion because it's all like top-down environmental board you know setup it's very very much you need a battle map to play fourth edition or else you just can't do it because everything is aoe and it's certain you know radiuses and certain cone effects and like everyone has different little bonuses that they throw at each other at any given time and like with fifth edition it's not as it still has a lot of those um, elements, but it's not as bad as it as fourth edition was. And uh, I don't know. It's just in some aspects, it's way too stripped down, in my opinion. There's not enough oh. detail. And in other aspects, there's way too much detail. Like as when it comes to the world development, fifth edition yeah. is just like, eh, whatever. You know, like the whole rope thing. It doesn't matter if you have a rope or not. There's no mechanic associated with having ropes. It's just like if the DM says, well, you need a rope to climb that wall, you better have a rope, and then you get your difficulty class. Otherwise, it's just like, I ah, just roll to see if you can climb the wall. <laughs> yeah, this. I feel like the stealth rule is similar to that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a character that wanted to do, like, like, stealth and sneak past someone, and you're like, well, you're. they saw you. They're five feet in front of you, and it's daylight. You know, like, I don't think you could sneak past, but they're like, no, my character sheet says I could do stealth. So there's a lot of that stuff, too, or I, mm -hmm. I don't know if it was as thought out as it as it should be. Or they just need to empower the DM to say, no, you can't sneak past him. He saw you, You're, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of that. Well, but, I think um, a lot of stuff like that comes from other editions. So, like, fourth okay. edition was very superhero-y. So if you stealth, you could just, like, phase out and stealth past people. But in 5th edition, it's a lot more like my remembering 1st and 2nd edition when it comes to stealth is that if you don't have concealment or cover, then they just see you. You can't like phase into mist when they're staring at you. And as soon as yeah. one person says, ooh, I want a stealth, everyone else in the party is like, ooh, me too. And everyone's rolling stealth. And I have to be like, no, none of you can stealth pass this. Like they're, yeah. I mean, it was it, it was not this past game, but the game before that with the two uh, skeletal knights, which ended up being whites, but they were supposed to be like Salamnic knights standing on horses. And they were just like, we're going to sneak past them. How? It's an open <laughs> courtyard. They're looking yeah. at you walking toward them. There's no <laughs> cover for you to like get behind. How exactly do you think stealth works? And so I bring like just logic into it saying that's ridiculous. And they're bringing, well, on my paper, it says I can stealth and I have to roll this. It sounds <laughs> so. very Monty Python. I can just picture them like walking like this as everyone's watching them. <laughs> they just pick up like a bush, put it over their face and just walk by. <laughs> no one will see me. It's the most uh, ridiculous. Like that, in, in my opinion, stealth and um, uh, oh, what's the other one? Flanking. No, I'm I'm okay with that. I guess it's stealth. It's stealth and hide, but they they work in tandem together a bit. But it's the most ridiculous game mechanic ever. Like you yeah. have to be out of someone's perspective of you, like hundred percent, in order to stealth. Period. If anyone yeah. can see you, then they just watch you sneaking, and you're not being <laughs> stealthy at all. Like stealth is just like I'm being quiet. Yeah, and yeah. you can be as quiet as you want if they can see you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's another weird one. Uh, sneak attack damage. Like it yeah. used to be at like 
first edition or second edition that was a cool thing that a thief would do where they had to backstab and you get triple the damage. Now it could be like a ranged attack and you mm. could be like 60 feet away or something like that. It, it seems very odd, you know, how that could be sneak attack, yeah. you know? That's hey, a Skull Cowboy, one. thanks for tuning in live. Yeah, man, sneak attack damage is very, very strange as well. Um, just the way, I don't know, like... I, it's empowering because it gives you, it makes a rogue more, much more useful, or actually useful in a combat encounter. Because otherwise, rogues, in my opinion, are completely useless in 5th edition. Like, the great thing about old school rogues was that, the, you know, assassination and stuff. They could do incredible things, like climb up walls better than anyone else, and they can uh, sneak by people better than anyone else. And But now... Everyone has access to skills, whether they're proficient or not. It just means they're better at them or, than anyone else. So right. it doesn't seem like rogues have anything special that anyone else can't do, except for that backstab damage. And I just don't think that's enough for them. Yeah, know. that's true. There's not a lot of lockpicking, too, in 5th edition, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. You know? Or there, or traps. There are, yeah, traps. certainly traps and stuff like that. Like, I was expecting them, I, I loved it when they were like, hey, I'm going to check this door for traps, when uh, la last night's game. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was great, but there was nothing set up at all in the, the campaign, and I didn't want to start adding obstacles and sort of bogging up the, the narrative at all. Um, but now that there wasn't any, next time they're in one and there is a trap, are they going to think about that? <laughs> are they going to think, well, there wasn't one last time, so I'm just going to move forward. And I think that's the biggest problem about playing these games in general, but specifically 5th edition, is that everything is hyper-focused on the sheet, on the character sheet, that you as a player only think in terms of the character sheet. And what you right. should be thinking of what is going on in the game with your character, not what your character can do based on a piece of paper. So right. it, it just, it always has driven me crazy. So like the reason why when they did the Wheel Watch Outpost, only... Um, the druid went up to sort of climb the wall was because they thought that only he could sneak up and do that. But there's so many ways to get other people inside Wheel Watch Outpost. Like, they had already taken down a bunch of Dragon Army soldiers with Dragon Army armor on that they could have then stripped off, taken that, yeah. and used it to just walk right up to the front gate. But it's like little things like that and I don't blame the players because it's just the mechanics of the game and the adventure that's set up that most players are thinking in terms of what's the next thing and not stopping and thinking in the moment. Um, and another great example of that is, you know, I was delivering a monologue from this Knight of Salamnia spirit that is germane to the entire point of this adventure. Like it is like that one monologue explains everything about this adventure. And if you didn't listen to it, then you have no idea what you're doing next or where you're supposed to be headed. And it turned out only one person was listening. <laughs> I didn't. I noticed. So that. thank you, Dana, because uh, everyone else they're just like, I don't, I don't know what, what was the name of that city. Like when yeah. the when a character when an NPC is delivering a monologue, there's a reason, and you should be paying attention and making notes. And that's the other thing that has always driven me crazy. No one really takes notes anymore. Like, I, I don't understand the idea of not taking notes. Hi, yeah. whoever you were waving. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, so anyway. Right. But I, I, I want to say one thing that's really cool about this campaign, The Shadow of the Dragon Queen, whether this was intentional or not, 
I wrote down there have been 14 characters and eight human players. So Marek, Bendix, Arjun, Finn, Ulrich, Galbran, Eric, Scab, Charles, Sven, Janik, Pan, Claritin, and now Torgan. Wow. I just think that's awesome because it really gives it like an epic scale mm -hmm. that you have all these people contributing. Because if it's a, a world war or at least Ancelon, it is to have that, it's supposed to have that scope. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that you have 14 different characters all contributing to one story is really cool. So I, I love that aspect about this. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And yeah, I mean, one that's partially out of necessity of just having enough players to actually play the damn game because <laughs> no one can seem to get together to play. But, um, and that it also makes it really, part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They feel like they're, a lot of people feel they're contributing to an overall, overall storyline, which is cool. Yeah. I wish Merrick would come back. I, I really liked that character. I thought we had a great setup, but life just got in the way. So, I mean, he's always welcome back and, and I would love to play, play with that character again. Um, the, so the overall story of the campaign, I think is great. I'm hoping that the players are really keying into it because we just went through a part that was like, again, it was the point of the whole campaign that was delivered. So I hope that they were paying attention because otherwise you're not playing an adventure. You're just playing encounters. And that right. to me is just not fun at all. Well, that, um, that's a cool aspect of the live stream is they could always watch it back and then pretend that they had paid attention the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a hard time watching the games back. I can't. Well, first of all, let me just say, YouTube ads are insane. Like, I let them auto-populate ads after the stream has been live. And so I went back to this yesterday's game, and I looked at the, the midstream ads, and there was like 15 of them minutes apart, just back to back to back to back to back. Tons of ads. So I deleted all of them, and I put them up at like 20-minute increments. There'd be, you know, an ad every 20 minutes, and that's it. It's just like, why do they do that like it makes people not want to watch the stream if all they're getting constantly is bombarded with stupid ads right that's I think, true i think i'm gonna to have to just turn off the midstream ads until the video is rendered and then i can go in and manually add them if i want to because it's just it's making it so people just aren't watching you know which sucks because yeah. the only reason i'm doing this live is because i want people to watch it <laughs> yeah Oh man, you played a Pathfinder group years where most of the people involved would ref um, trash 5e overall. You think 5e has grown the game in large amounts? I don't think 5e has grown it at all. I, so I, I disagree with you there, which is okay. We don't have to agree. Um, I think cultural zeitgeists have driven the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons. So I think Critical Role and actors coming out and admitting that they're D&D players and the fact that nerdy stuff like superheroes is now normal and cool. And I think that is what makes it more popular than the addition because the addition is garbage. <laughs> it's straight up garbage. I hate fifth edition so much. And it's just part of it's probably because I just don't know it all that well. I mean, at this point I could, I can run it and it's not like it's a big deal. It's just that, I don't know. There's, there's something about, to, to your point, you were saying that it, I've heard this over and over and over again. It is impossible to kill people in fifth edition. And I've killed three people, almost four in the past two yeah. games. And yeah. I'm not even trying. Like that's just by accident. So you're definitely hurting that argument. Yeah. <laughs> so it like, I can't, I don't know if you can really believe that argument anymore or not. But they do have infinitely more options of, of healing themselves. And so I have to ask the question, 
am I forcing them in more of a dangerous position or is the module just more difficult or are the players not playing their characters to the the not the best of their ability but the best of the characters options you know like Dungeons and Dragons is built around the idea of a team and a team dynamic not a solo hero and I think most players think of themselves in terms of this is my character, what is my character going to do next, rather than how can my character complement what everyone else is doing and how can we work together to overcome the scenario. And I have to go back to that Wheel Watch Outpost episode as a perfect example of that, where it was individual character driven, not team driven. Um, and, you know, I think in this last session when we were facing off against Caradoc, it was much more of a team dynamic. And yeah. I like that. I thought it, it worked out great. But yeah, I mean, you just, it, with different play styles, it ends up being very, very strange and all over the place sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm happy, though, to see that the this Shadow of the Dragon Queen campaign has really caught on with people who are not Dragonlance fans. I really feel like this is helping to grow, you know, the setting that, that I love, obviously, that, that you love. There were a few that I noticed that are playing it. Uh, Dork Tales, D20 Play, Ox Venture. Um, there's a, a lot of people who are not Dragonlance fans who you know seem to be getting into it. So it's tough that this uh, module is representing all of you know Dragonlance because there's so many better ones. You know, like the original modules, I feel are superior, and I you know the the uh, fifth fifth age I think were were really good too, but um. At least it's getting the name out there. Yeah. It's people getting invested. So I'm happy from that standpoint. Yeah, and that that leads into what I want to talk about in the second half of this episode of which I mean we're already like more than halfway through, but uh, why Dragonlance isn't as well known as some other IPs, which kind of blows my mind considering the vast scope of just novels, and then the amount of modules and box sets and you know stuff that yeah. it seems like. Every D&D person knows of Dragonlance, but not every D&D player knows Dragonlance. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, let's uh, move on from Shadow of the Dragon Queen. and let, Let's talk about that. Why do you think Dragonlance isn't as well known as Forgotten Realms or um, Ravenloft or, you know, any other Tolkien property or anything? I have a few theories on it. Um, the first one I think is that, uh, like, Forgotten Realms is more generic. Mm hmm and I feel like um, you could be anything, you, you know, There's, it's not restricted that I, I feel like some people perceive Dragonlance to be. Obviously, Shadow of the Dragon Queen is, is trying to, you know, do away with some of those restrictions. But, um, you know, Dragonlance, you couldn't have, like, healing magic in the beginning. There were no orcs. There were no halflings. It just seemed like there was a lot of rules with the, you know, magic users. It just seemed to, in people's perception, I think that it was more restrictive and Forgotten Realms was everything to all people. So it was just an easier way to start, mm. you know? I think that's one reason. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it kind of drives me crazy because Dragonlance was first, you know? Yeah. And it it was, like, hugely possible uh, uh, popular when it came on the scene initially because it sort of broke ground that hadn't really been explored before with Dungeons & Dragons and certainly not the way that Dragonlance did. And then as soon as first edition cut off, it was this sort of vacuum. And you know, that's when uh, Forgotten Realms started coming in in first edition. And 
um, really started picking up. So when they started second edition, they really sort of leaned forward. They totally almost ignored Greyhawk. <laughs> they just, you know, without Gygax around, they just pushed forward with Forgotten Realms. Is like the the default setting, it seems. Exactly. Um, and so Skull Cowboy saying Dragonlance is not pushed as the others, and uh, it's very much its own world, almost its own game. And it literally was with the Saga system. So, yeah. you know, that's another reason I could totally see why people were just like, nah, I'm not going to learn another game just to play this setting in. Right. But I like some restrictions. I feel like creatively, if someone told you to, like, write a short story and they didn't give you any parameters, it would take you, like, a while to try to think of something. But if someone said, write a short story specifically about a dragon and a dungeon and or whatever the restrictions are, parameters are, I feel like that helps your creativity. It helps focus you. So I kind of like that Dragonlance was a little more um, restricted. I feel yeah. that that's a benefit, not a, not an obstacle. You I'm know? with you there too, and I mean that that extends to my professional career as well. I mean, when it comes to graphic design, you you have a client coming to you saying, "I need a logo." If they don't tell you anything else other than "I need a logo" or "I need an ad." You're sort of like pulling your hair out, like, am I designing a whole new campaign? Do you have any brand standards? Are there fonts that you use, colors that are brand specific? Like, you just don't know anything. But if they say, no, 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 I need an ad about this that's speaking to this tar target demographic with these elements, and you're like, okay, well, then no problem. I can knock that out. And you can really come up with some great variations on theme. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, restrictions actually, as you had said, promote creativity it forces you to then project out of specific avenues rather than just being totally open and sort of just floating in space kicking your arms and legs and i like that too um trees agrees you feel restrictions are important it helps the setting uh engine how you doing man uh it was the hardest pill you ever had to swallow when you found out second edition wasn't really followed by mark and tracy yeah i mean all they had nothing to do with dungeons and dragons dragonlance after first edition at all until third edition and then it was only margaret and tracy came in just a cameo for a book or two uh like a game book or two but yeah, yeah i mean it was very very touch and go with them um forgotten realms is a sandbox you feel that some restrictions but 4e and 5e especially has become completely dumping ground for everything honestly it doesn't even feel like what it was i i agree with that as well and i think i think ultimately the problem is the developers of Dungeons and Dragons are trying to give all options to all people. And on paper, that sounds great. But when it comes to actually mechanically playing a setting, you're just sort of like, well, that doesn't fit with this setting. That doesn't make sense here or there. You know, there, there are rules, histories, and, and regional conflicts. And like, there's, you know, it just doesn't, you, you can't just dump anything into it and expect it to be logical. Um, and the only way to get through that is to not play in a setting. And I think that's really what modern Dungeons and Dragons is pushing toward is not playing in a setting or changing the settings so much that they don't really feel like the setting anymore. Right. Any class can do anything like yeah. you mentioned before. Yeah. So I think that's a factor. I also think, um, some of the video games that came out at a, at a time when a lot of players now were, were younger and more, you know, um, susceptible to influence like Neverwinter Nights and Builders uh Baldur's Gate mm -hmm. those were both Forgotten Realms. I think that was a big factor too that increased Forgotten Realms popularity. Had those been Dragonlance which would have been amazing. 
yeah. I think that would have really helped. So I think that's a factor too. Um, and I think also like the fifth age, I think that really turned off a lot of players. I, I yeah. disagree. I loved it. I love the campaign that you ran on this channel. It was so much fun. But I think that turned off a lot of players. And those players might have moved on to Forgotten Realms, and then they might have introduced other people who were new to D&D, who then were first exposed to, to Forgotten Realms through those people who were disenchanted with Dragonlance. So it's like a trickle-down effect. You know what I mean? So I think that's a factor, too. I think 58 is going to hurt some people. Yeah. Well, it definitely split the Dragonlance fan base. Like, it definitely right. did. Everyone I always talk to has very strong opinions about fifth age and what can you do you know i mean the thing is is like if you really just want to play a fifth edition almost anything goes campaign post war of souls fifth edition is it fifth age yeah. is it like Dragonlance, you can do almost anything there you know whether it's your warlocks your sorcerers your tinker gnomes your kender that are afflicted or normal your gnomes that are sort of mad or you know actually successful inventors um, you can have other planar creatures coming in and it's not as crazy as if it was in the established timeline where everything has already been fleshed out and, and sort of confined. I mean, or you could go way early in the sort of early, early, you know, age of Starbirth era where Kryn was initially populated before the gods really started putting restrictions on things. And then you could explore some really interesting ideas and in, in sort of settings and stuff too. Like there was a whole Bacali nation like the kingdom that existed until the dragons came around and like subjugated them like that's an era that seems very interesting if you want to play like a crazy human ogre sort of uh elven adventure and you're sort of uh there this this bakali lizard people culture is trying to sacrifice you or you know if you want to go into the fifth age and uh, ogres are hunting down elves to use to uh create ogre titans and so they're like bleeding out elves and stuff i mean there's just so many cool little things that you could explore throughout the ages with dragonlance that i guess understandably because there's so many ages and so much history and so many options through the eras and restrictions through the eras it might be too much for the casual dragonlance fan to step into and say okay what era is this again which cataclysm is it is it before how long before and it can get confusing and stuff but that's right. what my channel is for so <laughs> watch videos <laughs> i don't know um let's see uh engine fifth age has good ideas but problem was watsy pump and dump with every campaign and love completely irrelevant when they put out a new edition yeah it definitely felt like that with the novels uh oriel pio did you use the fifth edition character variants in shadow dragon queen or did you tweak them more old school i used what i like to do is use the edition as written so that you can get a really solid understanding of does this adventure really work you know is the game fun and so i'm trying to make no variations at all on theme i'm trying to keep it as dragonlance as possible as presented in fifth edition so i didn't use dragonlance nexus's compendium um to you know adjust anything i didn't use the i can't remember what the other dragonlance one is called but i didn't use that uh, one dragonlance either. companion i think companion and so, then uh yeah taz's uh pouches of everything revised yeah. i think those were the two yeah yeah so i i stayed away from those intentionally because i wanted a true fifth edition feel um, so that I could make an honest judgment on whether or not this is a good adventure and a good game system. 
otherwise, you know, if, if I'm just going to be running fifth edition, then I'll customize it to the end of the world. But I'm not. I ran Saga. Now I'm running fifth edition, and then I'm going to go back to my love, which is first and second edition, and and then you know I'll just play those games because right. I don't have to super customize them to make it feel like Dragonlance. They are Dragonlance, you know. Yeah. No, I think that's a good idea to do it that way. This way you could get a, a real evaluation of it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think another part of this is that there's just too many. There's too many settings, too many fantasy worlds to play um, Dungeons & Dragons in. So many so that players usually just default to, they, they may say it's in Forgotten Realms or whatever, but it's just Prime Material Plane. You know, they're just like, ah, I'm just going to make it my own world and, and this is going to be it. We're, we're just going to do whatever we want because we don't want to be restricted by a setting, which is right. totally fair. And I get and I actually like that more than adjusting Dragonlance. Excuse me, that was gross. I just totally burped in the mic. Than adjusting Dragonlance to uh, fit a certain edition or to fit a campaign uh, because you just have a player who really wants to play a tiefling or a fuzzy bunny or something, you know? Right, like, right. That's something that I've never understood either. Why are you trying to bring something into a setting that clearly does not fit that setting. Like, I just don't get that. It's like players wanting to play Draconians in War of the Lands era in a good character campaign. No, but I'm a good Draconian. I'm a noble Draconian. No, that didn't exist at the beginning of that. You're trying yeah. to bring a monster into a heroic campaign that is based around the concept of good versus evil. <laughs> yeah. And you'll hear, like, a lot of times someone will want to play, like, a, a black mage... Yeah. Along with a Knight of Salamnia. Yeah. And it's like, no, that, that doesn't work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the beginning of every uh, campaign planning, when it's like me talking to players and stuff, it's just me dashing dreams. <laughs> it's just because they're all like, I want to play Rachel Majir. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. You can't. First of all, this is a, he, he's in a, Bagnacinia and we're in Salamia. Second of all, you can't have a black robed character that would willingly go with all of these other people and have these other people enjoy that company if he did go with them. Right. It would just be nothing but conflict the entire game. And that's interesting for a novel, not so fun in a game. Yeah. I agree. I think Definitely. ultimately that is the biggest problem with Dragonlance as well is that because there's novels, people think I want to play the novel. You know, I, I don't want to play the game. I want to play the novel. I want to play my favorite character in the novel, and I want to do everything that they did in the novel in the game. So yeah. You're taking authority away from yourself before you even start. I think that's a big issue with the original uh, modules because they mimic the uh, the books and they go you know step and step and step with the with the books with the novels. I think that's tough because if you're in a similar situation with, you know, you're going to want to do what they did in the novel, and that takes away some of the fun i think yeah. of uh of playing the modules you know i think that's a big problem with those particularly that's what's great about shadow of the dragon queen is it's kind of original so you don't have to worry about you know trying to match what someone else did or what the books did yeah yeah no i totally agree um so horrific podcast how you doing man good to see you uh just that interest is there been a dark side version of the game well because it is a good versus evil game there is an incredibly interesting dark side you know all of the evil dragon armies or the dragon overlords, or uh, any of the evil forces that have you know risen up, whether it's the Minotaur nations, the Tarmac nation. Uh, so there's definitely intriguing evil adventure opportunity, but it's all you have to design the games yourself because 
the way that the adventures work is the adventures are all set up for good guys to overcome bad guys. I've played Dragonlance in second edition where we were evil guys. I had a priest of Chemish who walked around with a scythe like the Grim Reaper, and he was just a super cool character that I love desperately. The problem with those sort of bad guy adventures is they get boring really quick. You know, you just you're going around killing people, stabbing people in the back. You know, the most interesting bad guy characters are ones that follow their own code. They don't see themselves as bad. They see themselves as self-involved. They, they're making choices based on their own self-interest, not because they want to be evil, you know? And so they're not right. going around slaying babies for no reason. They actually are doing things. Like, Kitty R is a perfect example. I was just going to say Kitty R. Yeah. yeah. Ah! I just yanked out my cord. What other characters do you think would be a great bad guy character to play that's not overly, the... like, sort of snidely whiplash, twirling your mustache? Yeah. From the novels? Ah, from whatever. Um, I think Steel was a really interesting character. Yeah. He's not really, you know, good or bad, but I, I like, I like characters that have like conflict like that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be, that would be pretty cool. Steel was a great character. Not only did he yeah. have this, this, like he grew up knowing that he wanted to be a Knight of Tachesis. Like that is who and what he wanted to be and do. And to his death, that's exactly what he devoted his whole life to. But he knew where he came from, his father's side. He knew that there was something. And that's the great thing about Knights of Tachesis is they had that sense initially. They had that sense of honor that they took from the Knights of Salamnia. And so it made him a very interesting bad guy organization to be a part of. Whether you're a sorcerer, a cleric, or a fighter, you felt like you had a really great bad guy purpose. With yeah. the dragon armies, a little tougher. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, to find that interest. You know, you have characters like um, Verminard who would be cool, except that they are just so powerful and up there that you know the first out priest of any god um, as the bad guy and descendant of Huma Dragonbane himself. I mean, that's that's a lot to live up to as a character. You you have yeah. um, Arikin who is like sort of the leader, but even he was not very good. <laughs> Like as far yeah. as like characters go, he just kill people for no reason. So it's not very interesting from a player standpoint. Right, right. Kitty R has got to be the best. I That's think. a great example. Um, Dalimar comes to mind. That oh. would be kind of interesting. Dur? But yeah. I, I still think I still think Kitty R wins it. Yeah. Yeah, Dalimar. Dalimar would be you could play great. sneaky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what I like about Dalimar and Kitty R is that they weren't so overly powerful evil like. Raceland, for example, you know, he really went overboard and like killing gods and stuff. Like, come on, that's a little, yeah. that's a little too maniacal for any, <laughs> anyone. Like you're <laughs> ambitious, but that's a little too ambitious. Um, so yeah. as like a player trying to live up to that, yeah. no way, there's no way you would do it. Cause first of all, most of his life is spent in study, not adventuring. So how fun is that? <laughs> Just studying for as as all your friends are out leveling up and and doing stuff, you're just like researching Fiskdales and spells. It's fucking boring. Um, yeah. So like, uh, I don't know. I think um, oh, what other characters would be good? Good bad guy characters. What I like about Dalimar is that even though he did things that were evil, there was always like a reason. Like it wasn't gratuitous. He he mm -hmm. didn't do things just because. You know, like, oh, it'll be fun to kill this guy for no reason. Like, everything had, like, a purpose. He was very 
methodical mm-hmm. and he thought things through. And I think that would be a fun character to play yeah. because it, it gives you purpose without just randomly just killing villagers, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to be meeting him in the next game session. A little spoiler alert. Oh, cool. It'll be very, very neat. I mean, it's before he's the Dalimar we know. But yeah, he does cameo. Um, let me think. Uh, yeah, so I ultimately, to, to answer your question is, yes, you can definitely play. It's just it, the, the story has to be there. The players have to be on par with, you know, having a bad guy-centered campaign. And it's like with any adventure, you know, I mean, it has to be put together logically so that characters will logically go through it. Otherwise, you're just ham-fisting, railroading them, and it's not fun for anyone, you know? Yeah. And that's the worst part about being a DM, I think, is you have to know your players, and you have to give your players freedom. And if you don't have consistent playing players, that's impossible <laughs> to build a campaign around. Oh, it's so frustrating. Um, Are you having fun though? Are you having fun running it? I hope. Cause it's, it's a fun campaign to, to watch. I'm you... having fun interacting with some of the players. Okay. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I couldn't watch it back um, at all. It would drive me insane. You know, choices that I make choices, players make i just i couldn't relive it because in the moment i'm just sort of firing on all cylinders and quite frankly i I don't really i don't think it's a very compelling story i like the depth of history that the story is delivering but the only way that becomes really interesting is if the players engage with it because if they don't then it's just frosting you know it's it's just surface level bs and no one really cares about that. They just want to go to the next adventure. Let's go to the next encounter. Let's let's kill something else. And that's not really Dragonlance to me. Okay. So I don't know. It's it it is when when the players really dig in, and I'm 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 fortunate to have some really really fantastic players. Um, it's not sure. interesting when it's just hack and slash and move on to the next. You know, like yeah, I I love inter character dynamics. I love having back and forth between, I, I just like storytelling, you know? And, and when you're just going from combat encounter to combat encounter, it's not a story. You might as well be playing a video game and that's, just go play a video game. Don't, don't play D&D, that doesn't make any sense. Which is ironic because that's really how I, you know, everyone get cut into D&D is dungeon crawling and hack and slash. Like that's all it was at the beginning. You're lucky yeah. you're coming to D&D from other systems. It's given you an appreciation for the role-playing aspect. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. I mean, like, systems like Call of Cthulhu are pure role-playing, you know, almost by necessity. And so, or, or, you know, the World of Darkness games, those force you to think in terms of role-playing rather than hack and slash. And Dungeons & Dragons is built from the ground up to be a mechanically hack and slash game, and it's incumbent on the players and the DM to change that. At least yeah. that's how I've perceived it. Um, thus I far. think players um, should be in the mindset sometimes. Not I'm, you know, I'm not a good player myself, but yeah, I just think time. that uh, players should be in the mindset of uh, don't necessarily do the the action that's going to cause the most damage to the enemy. Mm. Do the action that like makes sense for your character. Yeah. So in other words, like if there's one action that consistently gets more damage than another, and you just keep doing that same action over and over it's repetitive, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe a character doesn't necessarily, you know, go and, uh, you know, 
hit the guy over the head with the sword each time. Maybe sometimes he tries to grapple him or he tries to like throw something at him or, or you know, it's just something to like mix up the action so it's not the same button over, you know, every time. 100%. Yeah. It's a thought. Uh, meet the tavern, go to the dungeon, kill the monster, get the treasure, rinse and repeat. That is how most people consider D&D. You're absolutely right. And th and it's a trope for a reason. You know, that's what it, it's presented as. In every video game version of it, that's how it's presented. You, you want to go on an adventure? Go to the tavern. You'll find out. And it, yeah, that, I, I think that sucks. That's limiting. And it's it oversimplifies something that has the potential to be like genuinely meaningful. And I, you know, I don't want to like over play that idea of of importance of of interaction and storytelling between human beings but it's what we've been doing from the dawn of time and it's it's an action that human beings have found connection with each other through is shared storytelling whether you're telling your own histories legends and myths that you know your culture connects with whether you're, you're manufacturing fictional ideas like that, that if there's one thing that makes humans humans over every other animal and plant that populates this planet it's storytelling and sharing that experience and so that makes it to me as someone who's just sort of obsessed about stuff like that really really important and so when you cut off the storytelling aspect of it and you just focus on the encounter aspect of it it's not fun it, it's the worst experience ever because then you're only dealing with people who want to um, hyper-maximize character damage, DPS points, and character builds and make sure everything is as powerful as possible so you can get through encounters as quickly as possible. I don't want that player in my game. That's the worst type of person on the planet. That's That sucks. Like, I want that person working on a rocket ship that's going to go to Mars. That's <laughs> what I want them doing. Yeah. I don't want them in my game. But I feel like the players you have now, like the the personalities of the characters oh, yeah. are coming yeah. out. I I think that I think they're doing a good job with that. Yeah. Like I say, as much as I complain about the game, I'm very fortunate that I have really. I mean, you were included. I've really great. I've I've had the opportunity of playing with really great players, where they really want to get into their characters. They are um, maybe they're inspired by my sort of insistence on NPC interaction, or maybe they just like the setting, or maybe they just really enjoy that aspect of it as well but for whatever reason all the characters that are all the players that i've been able to play with thus far have been really really great and again you know i may flippantly say something that's like i get frustrated about one certain thing or not but in the grand scheme of things i i couldn't be happier i've been in games where i've been ultimately unhappy and i've hated every second of it i only continued it because they were my friends but in this, I don't have to continue any of this. I can just stop it all tomorrow. I'll just delete the channel tomorrow. It doesn't matter to me. I want, I'm doing it because I'm having fun. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I'm lucky that I have access to a player base that are creative, that are skilled in character development, and actually want to engage in a story rather than just encounters. So I hope... I hope none of them ever watch this back and say, Adam's always complaining about the game. Uh, you know, he, he's such a piece of shit DM and, you know, he doesn't appreciate everything I do. No, I genuinely do. I just like to bitch and moan. <laughs> so <laughs> please understand that I love all the players for who they are and how they're playing the game. Um, but I do have to fill time talking. So <laughs> sometimes I have to talk shit. <laughs> I felt very lucky. Um, you know, getting to meet uh, you and Colin and Derek and uh, Ashley Goldmoon. 
She's great. Um, that was a tremendous group, and some and the players in this uh, campaign seem to be really good. That's pretty cool for like total randomness. Like the only connection we have is this love of the setting. It you know it's it could have gone really badly or really poorly. Mm-hmm. And I I've played in a few games with uh, people like you said that aren't playing the right way, or you're just not enjoying their company and stuff like that. And I had the best experience, and, and it seems like you've you've had a really good success rate. Yeah. Uh, good people. And I encourage people who are watching now, um, become a member, like to get involved in some of these games. It's so much fun to have someone who's experienced, uh, who knows the setting like you, Adam, mm-hmm. run this, you know, do all this work. Uh, you know, I was one of the people watching at home. You know, I was late to the channel. It was like seven months after you started it. <laughs> and I was just watching. It's like, man, that looks like a lot of fun watching the XD oh, yeah. uh, system, that gameplay. I was like, man, that looks like so much fun. And then I got to do it. And so people watching, like, get involved. It's uh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. And, I again, I think I'm lucky because I think all of us are lucky because we're fans of this setting. And that encourages the type of playing D&D that we like which is the story driven which is what Dragonlance is it's story driven character driven storytelling um and that's it it's just so much more fun and satisfying in the end of the day you know at the end whether your character dies or whether they go out heroically you know whatever it is you feel like you accomplished something at the end of the day you know like it had meaning to the other players to the NPCs like everything Everything is connected together in that world, you know, and it's not it not meaning connected as in everyone's like loving each other and cares about each other. No, sometimes you dra- dramatically hate NPCs, but their deaths will have an impact. You know, I mean, yes. it, when Kitiara eats it, everyone's just like, oh, my gosh, no, like <laughs> no one really loved her because she did a lot of really bad things. We like her because she's a bad character and people like to cheer for bad guys myself included um but you still didn't want her to die you know like yeah. when raceland met his end 87 different times <laughs> seemingly every, every time you're just like no and then when tasseloth meets his end 87 different times you're like no not you so you know whether you like the characters or not everything they do has impact and it affects you throughout the course of the story that's being told and that's why Dragonlance is great Oh, that was like the cheesy, like, yeah. <laughs> like we should both jump in the air and it should just freeze <laughs> as we're like mid-jump. Um, all right, well, we're, we're past the hour uh, from what I was planning on doing. Uh, you're doing Dragonlance video game content right now. It's what you started on YouTube, so it's all full circle. Oh, cool. Well, go check out Engine Joe's channel and uh, look at the video game uh, video games he's running through. Is it the old silver and gold box games that you're running? Let me know. Uh, embrace the low rolls, laugh, and just bring it to the story. Hell yes, horrific podcast. That is exactly what you got to do. I, that's what I love. Uh, you like to play it as a lay scenario where everything is randomized and you play it to the bone. The DM tells you to play an elf, you play it. Yeah, I, I do like that aspect of it too. And that that's what first edition really encouraged, um, at least the way I played it, is your roles dictated the character that you could actually play. And right. And that's it. Like, there's just no other option. So if you rolled really great and you wanted a fighter, but your rolls only match a mage, well, roll another character or play that damn mage, <laughs> you know, and just try to play him the best of your ability. And it'll Sometimes be those lead to the best characters, too. 100%. I think that happened in the Saga system. I think I wanted to play, yeah. like, uh, an elf fighter. Yeah. And then uh, every all the, roll, all the cards, I guess, were 
skewing towards a Kender. Yeah. And then I ended up, that was my favorite character I think I ever played was the Kender who wanted to be a knight. Mm -hmm. So that was just, yeah, you got to roll with it, like you said. Yeah, that's what's another really good thing about fifth edition or saga system uh, that I really appreciate is that with that aspect, it is very much like first edition where the cards you're dealt are what your character is. And you just have yeah. to sort of figure out what that means. So, you know, it is very much like you're born and you're stuck with what you're born with. You know, you can adjust your abilities a little bit and you can enhance them through practice and exercise and stuff like that. But you have a genetic cap and that's what your yeah. cards are telling you or that's what your dice are telling you. And I really, I really appreciate that personally. It's nope. just like real life. Do you think I want it to be five, seven and overweight? You got to work with what you got. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate your interaction with the channel, man. And, you know, just, you know, coming on here and just sort of riffing and oh, stuff. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, thank you, man. What? I'm so appreciative of this channel and mm. all the work that you do to make it fun. It's a lot of work DMing and, and running everything. And I really appreciate it. So thankful to have this, uh, this channel. It's yeah. my, my favorite by far. Yeah. Well, it is fun. It, and it is one of those things I, I need to make sure I prep everyone emotionally here because I won't be doing this forever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I have other things that I'm I'm interested in exploring, other game systems I want to play and stuff. So, like for example, with the Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen campaign, I'm going to be pausing that in probably September so that I can run the second edition Knights of the Black Rose Ravenloft adventure for September and October. Hopefully every weekend so that we can just try to get through that module. But like you know, I'm, I'm going to be stopping adventures and, and going in other directions and I'll pick them back up and, and sort of weave around. And as soon as I'm done with Shadows of the Dragon Queen, I'm probably never going to play 5th edition again. And I'm going to go back to 1st edition, play the original modules, and who knows if I'll ever get through those. And again, if my professional life changes the pacing or, or you know requirements, then I'm not going to be able to do the stuff that I'm doing right now. I'm in this really fortunate position where my workload is aggressive enough to keep me working but not so much that i'm working tons of overtime and so i can do stuff like this but if that changes this ends so it is one of those I things think where... I, I speak for everyone who's watching it's no problem just 30 40 more years and then stop. <laughs> we're, we're fine with that right. Right. <laughs> well thank you all so much for tuning in chris again thank you so much for joining me on this hangout i really love chatting with you about this stuff and you know all the you other too. goofy Thanks. stuff we get to chat about um, and I hope you do join a game in the future. Um, you know, I would have liked to have you in this one, you know, if, if you were available when we were uh, setting it up. I think that would have been a lot of fun. But um, yeah, if you guys are uh, watching this, what do you enjoy least about actual play Dungeons & Dragons games? About like watching Dungeons & Dragons games? What is it you like least? Is it choices characters make? Is it players and dms not knowing the rules like you know them you know is it just the technical aspects of it like let me know what you like least that might help inform me on how i can make adjustments to make you like them a little bit more or not hate it as much <laughs> i need this information um and do you ever think that dragonlance will be as mainstream as forgotten realms if we ever get that series or movie is is that going to push us up into the zeitgeist or are we just doomed to stay as a sideline um setting let me know in the chat and uh, live chat or comments below. I really would uh, like to take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, ring the bell to get notified about upcoming videos, and click that stupid like button. And all that goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Chris, thanks again. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And until next time, 
Slaan je bar.